Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email agelessarttattooandpiercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, Metal Forge fans? This is Alan Bishop, the alchemist of Indiana's Black Forest and head distiller at Spirits of French Lick. Do you find yourself drawn to the unexplained, fascinated by the Fortean, or enchanted by the paranormal? If the things that go bump in the night resonate in your mind, then tune into my brand new podcast, If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Featuring first-hand accounts, collected stories, interviews, history, and speculation related to all things not of this world. Available now on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and more. Set back, relax, and remember, if you have ghosts, you have everything. Thank you for tuning into the Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson and I'm your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at metalforgeradio at gmail.com or visit the website metalforgeradio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. What is going on, Metalheads? Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of The Metal Forge. Here we are. We are so close. And Oh my gosh, I cannot believe it. So close to episode 200. And I know I've been talking about it for like a month or two now. And it's just so awesome to me, you know. It's, it's a bit, this big magnanimous thing, you know, that's 200 episodes. That's, you know, the last 200 weeks of my life. I've been doing these shows, and that's so kick-ass. Sometimes, you know, I've had a couple where it's been 
two a week, you know, when we've done like Halloween specials and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm totally excited for it. But today we have Armageddon here. He is a kick-ass dude who is kind of like a superhero-esque type deal. And it, it totally kicks ass. You know, if you saw the promo pictures, you saw the way he looks, this awesome fucking, uh, like, Space Knight costume, and I love it. I love stage show in, in bands, you know. I love the way things look. So I'll go ahead and I will give you a little bit of a rundown of my thing with this. And you'll get to hear Athena today on Metal Mischief, but she's not doing an album review. So that's what I'm going to go ahead and break the ice right now. And I'm going to sit there and say, we're going to be talking about Merciful Fate, Creator, and Midnight. Hell yeah, like, seriously, we got to go this past weekend to Cincinnati, and I know we had talked about it, and I said, hey, if you saw me, hit me up. And I did get a few people out there that were just like, hey, hey, Mark, what's going on? So, and, you know, it was just totally fun and kick-ass. We did get there a little bit late. We missed, like, the first song or maybe the second song of Midnight. It was just totally fucking awesome. Like, I had never got to see them live before. That was my first time seeing Midnight Live, despite having Vanek on the show a couple of times. And holy fucking shit, they were just, you know, they were playing to, I want to say like a quasi-hometown crowd, because, you know, they're from Cleveland, and they were playing in Cincinnati. It's north and south in uh, Ohio, but still. Totally, totally fucking rad. Absolutely awesome. Creator, you know, I've not ever really been a big Creator fan. And I think I just got to hear them on albums. See, some bands you can do that with. Some bands you can take the Nesty Plunge and go see them live and not really ever listen to them or only hear some stuff that maybe doesn't wow you. But like for me, I haven't really ever listened to Creator. It's just, I don't know why. You know, it, it's they got a kick-ass logo and they've got an awesome fucking album art. I've just never really went to see them anytime they've come through Louisville. And honestly, I it's not that I'm not impressed with their show because their stage setup was fucking amazing. And you know, by the time this drops, there's about four more episode or episodes. Fuck, there's still about four more shows on that tour, so I don't want to give anything away to any listeners. You know, I don't want to give away set lists or anything like that. But, like, I, I thought it was totally an awesome stage setup. You know, and, but, like, the it just didn't do it for me. It was, like, all mechanical feeling, and, you know, it was just kind of a thing, you know. But, you know, the highlight of the night, of course, was fucking Merciful Fate. They haven't been on tour in America in, like, 20 years. Kicks fucking ass, and... You know, the king coming out with different face paint from the last time that I saw him. And, you know, Hank Sherman being there. Fucking totally kick-ass shit. You know, like, amazing performance. And, you know, there's so many awesome reviews out there. You can go on YouTube and you can see the new song that they played, The Jackal of Salzburg. You know, I think Athena talks about that in her, her review. But I don't want to give away too much from her stuff because, hey... She goes on on this one. This was a very good deal. So we're going to check in with Athena at Metal Mischief, and then we're going to come back and just hang out for a second. 
Misfits and Miscreants, Bangers and Mashers, Deviates and the Deviated, the Tormented and the Fermented, Ghouls and Goblins, Creatures of the Night, Jack, those headphones, Crank, the volume to max, spark it up and just relax. It's time for your deadly Dose. Welcome to the next installment of Metal Mischief and the first installment of Video Mischief. On today's lineup, we actually have a very special show for you. I'm not going to do an album review like I normally do. If you remember before, I actually did a show review. Man, that was probably like six, seven eight months ago? I don't even remember. It was a fucking while ago. But I'm going to do another show review tonight on Metal Mischief. And this is a very special one. If you're paying attention to the music in the background, it's Merciful Fate. When was the last time we saw Merciful Fate in the States? Wait, I'm going to take a sip of my beer and let's just think about that for a minute. Ten years? No. Fifteen years? No. Twenty years? Yeah. More than twenty years, actually. Almost twenty-three years since Merciful Fate has toured in the United States. So, the fact that I got to go and see Merciful Fate play in Cincinnati, twenty-something years later, half my fucking lifespan with my bestie Mark Jackson from the Metal Forge. You guys might know who I'm talking about. He and I drove all the way to Cincinnati one night. It was a Friday. It was alright weather. Whatever. We saw lots of amazing friends from Louisville. I mean, I'm gonna say a good chunk of the Louisville metal scene was in Cincinnati for Merciful Fate. But it wasn't just Merciful Fate. It was also Midnight and Creator. So, I mean, you kind of got like this little plethora of different styles of music going on here, which is a lot of fun if you think about it, because you've got Immersible Fate, which is pretty much like a genre of their own, you know? And then you've got Creator, which is like your thrash metal, like your classic like thrash metal stuff. And then you got Midnight, which is like more speed, thrash, all over the board. A lot of fun. Just fun in general. So, needless to say, this show was incredible from beginning to end. Midnight opened the show. Granted, we were a little late getting there because we both had to work and blah, 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 blah. So, by the time we got there, Midnight already played a song or two. But we still got to see most of the show. For midnight, which was awesome. They sounded incredible. And of course, you know, it's typically one, two dudes that work on it. But when they're touring, of course, they can't play all the instruments and do all the things themselves. So they're going to have to have a little bit of help. You know what I mean? So first I want to say 
Athenar, Athenar, Athenar. I like to say Athenar because I'm Athena and Athenar is just cool. Like, even though I'm pretty sure it's Athenar. <laughs> He's from Cleveland, Ohio. And even though, like, you wouldn't think this is a one-man band, this is pretty much a one-man band. He pretty much does all this himself, writes it, records it, plays it, you know, with with the help of Vanek, of course, as most of us know. But when he tours, he can't do all that himself, shit himself. So, cheers to midnight. I'm gonna say, they were probably one of my favorite parts of the show, even though I was there for Merciful Fate, really. Um, I've always been a huge fan of Midnight, and I've seen them a couple times, and they always just kind of blow me away because they're so fast and so technical and so much fun that you just kind of get swept up in it. Easy, easy. It's easy to get swept up in Midnight. So, of course, that was, like, such an awesome way to open the show. Um, but besides, like... Athenar, Avenar, whatever. I'm just gonna call him Athenar, and he can he can make fun of me later. <laughs> um, you had Vanek and SS, which I don't want to give away his real name, but let's just say it's a Steve. <laughs> Who gets up on stage with them and does an incredible job. The three of them sound like a five-piece. I'm not kidding. It, the sound is so full and so just just buoyant that it feels like more like a five-piece band than a three-piece band. So, fuck yeah, Midnight was an awesome way to start the show. And then, things get a little interesting because they brought out Creator after that. Now, I've always been a fan of Creator because I like thrash metal and, you know, they're, they're pretty much old-school, like, thrash metal. But at the same time, I'm going to be very honest to say that their set was a little, eh, like, a little lackluster. It just seemed like they were going through the motions. They kept trying to get the crowd super hyped up. I don't feel like you have to hype up the crowd. The crowd's going to be hyped up. If you're having a good time with the band, then you don't need to, like, tell them to like be louder you don't need to tell them to like amp it up or you know oh let me hear you like I actually kind of hate that shit because if you're not wowing me and if you're not blowing my fucking mind when I go to these shows then I'm not gonna scream for you I'm not gonna cry out for you it's like sex man if you're doing a horrible job I'm not gonna come so don't tell me to like yell and scream and ah because fuck you dude just give me a good show and I will yell and scream and ah all I want so I have that to say about the whole creator set I mean I could have done without dude like telling me what to do the whole fucking time I was there they were good they sounded good the sound was good it was fun I have to say though it was like that marshmallow in the middle of the s'more though you know, you got, you got Merciful Fate, which is like your crackers, and then you had Midnight, which is the fucking dark, awesome chocolate that you put on top, right? And then you got the middle creator, like the marshmallow, 
which I'm not really a fan of marshmallow to begin with, so honestly, I'm not saying I hated it, but I'm not saying I really loved it either. So that was my take on the creator set. I'm sure some of you feel a little bit different, but that's okay. That's why there's a lot of different music out there. We all feel a little differently about things. You get a little parched, so give me one second here. I'm drinking Kentucky's Finest, by the way. Old Forrester. This is one of my favorites. And Mark Jackson from the Metal Forge always comes through. Ooh, product placement. Maybe they'll like send me on a trip or some shit. Anyway, here's the Old Forester, and here's the Creator, because I do like them. Please don't get me wrong. But considering the lineup that they were sandwiched between, it just kind of fell between the cracks, if you know what I mean. So, oh, wait, 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 wait. There's something missing. I'll return you to your regularly scheduled program. <laughs> Alright, getting back on track. <coughs> talked a little bit about Midnight and talked a little bit about Creator. Now on to our main focus for the evening. Merciful Fate. Not my titties, guys. Not my titties, but Merciful Fate. See that? You see that right there? King fucking Diamond. That's right. There's only two kings in this world. Elvis and the diamond. And I love both. So. Let's go ahead and dive right in to Merciful Fate. So they, first of all, had this amazing stage setup. That was absolutely incredible. They kept us all in suspense, like they had like, it took a little while, you went and got your beer, took a leak, you know, smoked a doobie, whatever you had to do in between. But, in the meantime, they were setting up this badass fucking like altar set, man, that was the whole stage. If you've ever seen King Diamond or Merciful Fate, you know they go all out on their stage sets. King Diamond did this like, a scene in Asylum thing last time. Which was absolutely phenomenal. But Mark and I had a little argument about it at the show because he seemed to think that this stage show was better than the Insane Asylum stage show at King Diamond. But I'm still going to go with the Insane Asylum, even though this one was really cool, I won't lie. The altar was awesome. They had a lit up, like, pentagram and everything. They had these big, like, fucking marble staircases that went up. And they had this thing up there where he could, like change his outfits and shit like that, you know? Because he comes out in this goat mask at the beginning of the show, man. And I mean, he comes out from up top with this goat mask on and he's like walking down the stairs and the music's like rising and the other band members are coming out and the lights are starting to go and the crowd is just starting to like, you can feel it like palpitating in the air, like the energy 
from everybody as soon as we saw the king walk out on that stage the energy levels in the whole arena just went i mean like bigger than life it's absolutely astonishing that's just something that is unparalleled to anything you're gonna feel like on a regular basis if you know what i mean it's close to taking like that epic dump you know like you just feel so fucking good afterwards anyway i digress um <laughs> We're gonna get back to it. All right, so, um, like I said, they haven't toured in over 20 years. So the fact that we were even watching this live was just breathtaking. We went to the show in Cincinnati. That was on uh, November 4th, last Friday. And the turnout, the place was sold out. I mean, literally you couldn't, there was not a seat anywhere. The two people sitting next to me should have given up their seats because they sat there with their arms crossed and like basically like just like like the whole time they were sitting there and I kept looking at Mark going, man, I think they're dead and I should check for their pulse or something because these motherfuckers haven't moved, haven't cheered, haven't clapped. I'm not sure what was going on there, but all I got to say is I wish somebody else had been in those two seats. Because Mark and I were having a fucking glorious fucking time. And they were sitting there like lumps on a fucking log, which just blew my mind. So I'm like, 23 years later, and the king is right here, and you're sitting there like this? Man, I just can't. Like, I just can't. Anyway, we were having a blast. So they came out. The king looked amazing. He had his goat mask and everything on. And then couple songs in, two, two songs in, two songs in, he ends up taking his mask off. Of course, he's got this new makeup, which is his fucking killer. I mean, absolutely killer. His la you know, his older makeup is really cool, but his newer makeup just sinister. It's super sinister. He looks maleficent. He looks evil as fuck. And he looked incredible. Not only did he look incredible, but he sounded incredible. He literally sounded like he was fresh, like fresh, like everything was fresh and new to him. I mean, I was reading an article a couple of weeks prior to the show and they were talking about how his vocals were better than they used to be and how he's come a long way with like his vocal styling. And you could definitely hear it. You could feel it. You could hear every little inflection. Being that we were halfway through the, sh like, the actual, like, run that they were doing, he sounded incredible. We probably got him at his best because he had had a couple of shows, five or six shows ahead of us, where he had plenty of, like, you know, vocal, like, exercising and shit that he was getting out. And then by the time he got to Cincinnati, it was, like, fucking primo. It was, like, like, busting my fucking cherry all over again. So, that being said, they start the show, and three songs in, they play their new track, which is going to be on their new forthcoming album. Forthcoming new album. And, um, sorry, I'm a stoner and I lost my place. Um. It's called The Jackal of Salzburg. 
And this song was, I don't know, eight, nine minutes fucking long. He even joked about it and saying that, like, they were going to write, like, a short song and then it ended up being nine minutes fucking long. But I got to say, if this is what he's going to be doing on the new album, I'm completely stoked to hear the rest of it. I don't care if this album is three hours fucking long. I will put it on and fucking take my bubble baths at the end of the night. Fuck yeah, man. I'm down for it. Anyway, Jack L. Salzburg, really fucking good. Definitely look it up. There's lots of videos on YouTube and shit where people have been posting shit from the live shows. Check it out. But I always want to say, make sure you support the bands. Go buy the albums. Go make sure you actually give support. Give back to what they're giving us. You know what I mean? Just fucking do it. Just fucking do it, man. Jackal of Salzburg. Alright. So. As some of you might know, Timmy Hansen passed away back in 2019. And of course, they had to they had to replace him. As sad as that is to have to replace members, that's something you have to do if you want to keep the band going. So when they replaced Timmy, they replaced him with Joey Barrera, who is absolutely incredible. But Unfortunately, he belongs to another band he's been with for a really long time and has a lot of notoriety with, which is Armored Saint. So, because Armored Saint was touring at the same time that Merciful Fate was, he wasn't actually able to join us on the tour. But, I have to say, we got a really amazing replacement, and it's this really hot chick from like Europe, man, I think where, um, oh, um, where, um, <laughs> Birmingham, 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 <laughs> don't smoke weed kids, <laughs> anyway, no, smoke all the weed. From Birmingham and her name is Becky Baldwin and she's amazing she did a killer fucking job Becky Baldwin touring with Merciful Fate killer man I know she's touring with some other famous band and Mark and I could not think of uh, what the other band was and to this day I still can't think of it I should probably Google that earlier before I started doing this but whatever Becky was awesome and she was a great filler for Joey not taking anything away from Joey of course because he's a fucking badass. But, Becky's also a badass. So we're going to have to give her credit for that. Um, so, that being said, even though it's not the original lineup from what was recorded in the studio, or what hasn't been recorded in the studio, because he even said live that the new song 
that they weren't even finished with it. They were still tinkering with it. Like it's like a work in progress still. So what we heard was a, like a skeleton basically of what they're gonna do with that song. Which is super cool because holy fuck, I can't wait to hear what they actually do with it. You know, after hearing what they played live, I'm really excited to hear what he actually records on the new album. And what else is going to be on this album? Because holy shit. Like I said before, if it's three hours long, I will listen to it. And I'm sure all of you who are Merciful Fate fans will listen to it. Okay. So, I don't even know how long I've been rambling on about this. But, the show was incredible. A good time was had by everybody. Literally, as we were living... We saw nothing but smiling faces and people screaming and hooting and fucking hollering, as they say in Kentucky, out in the parking lots and shit. It was absolutely incredible. So, there's a few dates left on this tour. I know after this post on this Friday, there's only three or four more dates after that. So, if they are coming to your city, do not miss this show. Do not miss it. Because I'm telling you, this is one that's going to give you wet dreams for at least the next six months. I'm just speaking for myself, but I'm giving you little mental hints. You know what I mean? Alright. So, I want to make a toast to the king. To King Diamond. And merciful fate. Goddamn, I hope you tour again next year. Okay. All right. end here Metal Mustards. It is now time for Athena's five shot review. If you have been sleeping through class, here are the rules. Five shots. That means I needed five shots to get through the motherfucker. Four shots. Man, could have used some oomph. Three shots. Good. Made me air drum bang my head. Two shots. Two shots. Really good. Put that shit in the glove box for traveling. And one shot. Excellent. I'll probably have a bang over in the morning. So, shitty drum roll. I am going to give Merciful Fate with Creator and Midnight Live in Cincinnati on November 4th, 2022. One shot! I definitely had a bang over in the morning. So, 
Until we meet again. Have a most excellent time. And remember, keep it heavy. You know, that's so fucking funny. She mentions the people that were sitting next to us. And we were in a row of four seats. You know, we uh, we had the first two in the... Uh, like, I sat on the aisle. She had the one next... But the people that were sitting next to her were just, like, frumpy as fucking frumpy could be. Like, they did not look like they were having a good time at all. But aside from that, you know, it, it's crazy. It's what it is. People... People get different different experiences out of shows. I I know that for sure. You know, it, it's totally cool. I get it. I get it. So let's go ahead and, you know, let's do some Armageddon here. This is Welcome to the Show.
All right, Metalheads, I am being joined on the line from... I've been following this band for about a year or so, maybe a little bit longer. It's Armageddon, and I have uh, him on the phone now. Dude, what's going on? Hey, hello. Thank you for having me. I was looking forward, and I'm very happy to be here. Definitely. I'm well. I'm glad it finally worked out for for everybody's schedules to to get you on. I know we had talked a, a while ago about having some having you on, but the schedule never really worked out for it. But now here we are, your episode one ninety eight here at the, in the Metal Forge. We're so close to two hundred. Yeah, absolutely. We, we've been talking about this like for a year or so, right? But uh, I'm very happy. And I'm very thankful. Definitely. So, tell everybody out in Metal Forge Land about Armageddon. Well, um, Armageddon comes from my fantasy for sci-fi comic books and horror pictures. You know, uh, when I was a little kid, um, I wanted to create this uh, persona, this character that I never saw before. So, um, Armageddon is uh, basically um, it's, it's the mix of everything I like, you know, comic books, horror pictures, fantasy. Um, Armageddon is this uh, larger-than-life uh, heavy metal hero. Definitely, and judging by the pictures, I, I almost kind of kind of get like a, a space, uh, kind of like a like an Ultraman feel, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, like I said before, I love fantasy comic books, and I wanted to combine that with heavy metal and hard rock music. So uh, Armageddon is definitely uh, the character I always wanted to be. Definitely. And, I mean, you know, you're already doing something that I have, like, this crazy affinity for. And I always feel like stage show has so much to add to the music quality as well yeah uh you know uh some people listen to music with their eyes so uh in my opinion a great show is uh as important as great music so i try to make good music and a great on-stage show Oh, definitely. I, I, I can totally get behind that. Like, I actually had just went last week to the Merciful Fate show in Cincinnati, and it was so insane, like, with the stage show, like, the 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 smoke, the, the mausoleum setup of how it was. Sorry, spoilers, if you haven't got to see the tour yet by the time this comes out. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Yeah. I think it's I think it's something that a lot of bands just kind of take for granted these days. Yeah, maybe you know, uh, for me uh, when I grew up, uh, Kiss they were my uh, rock and roll heroes. I dreamed about being Paul Stanley, you know. So uh, to put on this uh, rock and roll fantasy. Uh, was something that I was uh, always into, you know. Um, I I believe in making good music, but also uh, creating an awesome and shocking rock show. 
helping out with this, uh, smoke bombs and pyro and, uh, theatricality. It's, it's really what, uh, Armageddon is all about. Definitely. And see, like I said, I think a lot of people, a lot of bands take that for granted these days where they they just get on stage and play and they use the guise of saying, oh, well, we let the music do the talking. And it's like, you know, you can't always do that. You have to look good on stage, too. You cannot do that. You know, uh, that's the difference between a rock star and a regular guy. You know, uh, for me, uh, the guy that is up on stage uh, has to be different than the audience, you know. So, uh, like you said, uh, a lot of bands take that for granted, and they think that uh, good music is enough for the people, but it's not. Definitely. So... I'm going to shift gears here a little bit. We're going to talk about some releases. So you've currently got two single releases, and you're working your way towards a an actual EP? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right now, I have uh, three singles out. Three. Welcome to My the mistake. show. Yeah, three singles out. Uh, the first one, Welcome to the Show, Live to Me and Playing with Fire, and uh, the full EP is coming out, hopefully, in March. Um, there are two more songs which are already done. Uh, they're named, they're called uh, Say You Love Me Again and Sweet Pain. So um, I'm very excited and there is much more to come. Absolutely. So walk me through the the process here. Because up until recently, I never really noticed on on your posts and that the whole band setting. Now, did you write and record all of this at first, and then just do you have the band now, or did you all do this collectively? Uh, I wrote the songs, I wrote the lyrics, I wrote the music, uh, but of course, I have a killer band uh, on my back. You know, uh, they recorded the uh, the songs. I am, they're like my family. We're a great team because they really understand uh, the way I want things to be done. So um, for a studio and for a live show, I have a killer band. They're named the Acolytes of Armageddon. Yeah, I'm seeing that, and I, I'm I'm really digging. You know, that's like one of the things that I really enjoy with like Ghost, also. And yeah, I know a lot of people in yeah. the, in the metal community really talk down on Ghost fans, but like the Nameless Ghouls. You know, I really like that concept, and I think it spawns from my love of Guar, where I got to see an interview with David Brocky. Uh, where he had said that it was the reason for the masks and the costumes was that anybody could be a member, that you you could create a character and anybody could play that character. That's pretty true, you know. Uh, talking about Armageddon, anybody can be an acolyte of Armageddon, you know. Uh, whether you're black, white, pink, or whatever, anybody can be, you know. So uh, for me, the the mask, all, all the outfit, 
is uh, is the representation of what our Magellan is uh, is all about. But definitely anybody can, anybody can be the character. Absolutely, and and again, I think it's uh, you know relating back to how you had said earlier about where it was you know your love for comics and horror movies and and stuff like that that. I think yeah. there is some bit of like uh, fantastical sense that we all have that you know I think we all wish we were Spider-Man or Wolverine or whoever at some point when like you know when we're younger and you know imaginations flaring you know Yeah absolutely uh like I said before I grew up with this uh, fascination to horror movies and comic books. So right now for me, it's like, uh, I'm living my dream. I'm living my childhood dream. So, um, I got to become the character I always dreamed about, but I never saw before. So, um, yeah, that's pretty true. Armageddon, uh, is pretty much my childhood fantasy. Awesome. Which, you know, that was actually going to be one of my questions that I I was going to ask you in the general profile question is, how did your childhood shape who you were today? And obviously, yeah, you just answered that. And that's totally awesome. Because, yeah, I think I think a lot of people's childhood change like makes them who they are. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's like for me, there there's uh, no greater uh, you know when you when you first get into metal or something like that. You know, I got into metal when I was like eleven or twelve years old. Before that, it was like my my parents, you know, like country music and shit like that. And yeah, yeah. So when when I got into metal, it's like I immediately got into like Black Sabbath. And, you know, I still think they're the the greatest band in the world today, no matter what rendition of, of Sabbath it is, whether it's Ozzy, Dio, Ian Gillen, Tony Martin, whoever. I, I it's I like it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely think that uh, what you live as a child, uh, it shapes what you are now. So when I was a little kid, I loved comic books, horror movies. I loved fantasy. I loved Kiss, and I still love them. So, um, what I lived in my childhood definitely shaped what I am today. So, I dreamed about Art McGallion and all that stuff uh, when I was like 11 years old. So, uh, yeah, Art McGallion is pretty much my my childhood hero. Definitely. So you're, you've got a show coming up here pretty soon. Yeah. November 18, LA burning fest. Hell yeah. That's like, by the time this is released, that's a week from, uh, a week from that day. So awesome. So you're, you're playing LA burning. And if I'm not mistaken, there's a, that's a ton of bands. Is that not, is that correct? What was that? That's a lot of bands playing that show, right? Yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of bands. Uh, for me, there was uh, no better scenario for my debut show than L.A. Burning Fest. Um, 
I'm very excited to share the stage with uh, great bands and great musicians uh, like uh, Rod the Boss, Tim Reaper Owens, um, Riot, and of course, it would have been a great honor to share the stage with uh, Steve Grimmett. I mean, this is an awesome deal because this is actually like, this is November 18th. Uh, it's a uh, uh, Jet Skill, uh, Armageddon. Uh, resistance, heretic, bitch. Wow, bitch is even playing this. That's that's awesome. Yeah, so many awesome, uh, yeah. awesome deal here. Nice. Yeah, See? I'm very, yeah, I'm very excited, and I'm looking forward. You know, uh, for me, this is a great opportunity to be out there and uh, show Los Angeles what our Miguelian has. So uh, I'm very happy. And I'm looking forward. Definitely. So. Are you all actually based in L.A.? Uh, I was born in L.A., but uh, currently I'm living in Dallas. So I'm coming in from Dallas. Oh, wow. So you all are doing the, the first show is a, a pretty big travel show for you all. Yeah, yeah, but but it's worth it, you know. Yeah, I'm very excited. Oh, oh, for sure, yeah, with... Uh, with all of that lineup, the three trimmers, Ross, the boss, Riot Five, holy crap! Yeah, I would definitely be, uh, I would definitely be traveling for that myself. So for sure. Yeah, when I when I uh, learned that our Miguelian uh, was going to play the show, I um, I was very excited, and I'm really thankful for this uh, opportunity. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of big travel, but uh, it's definitely worth it. You know, I'm putting on a great show and uh, I'm putting on a great stage show. So I'm looking forward and I'm uh, real excited to show Los Angeles what our McAllen has to offer. Definitely. And that is awesome. And there will be a link to that show in the description below. So please give it a click. Go get your tickets if you're in the area. Hey, if you're looking to travel for vacation, you know, before Thanksgiving, uh, go to this. Hell yeah. <laughs> Pick a flight to L.A. And, yeah. and just go, right? Hell yeah. Los <laughs> Angeles, uh, Heavy Metal Festival. Great weekend. It's cake. Yeah, it doesn't get much better than that, actually, I don't think. You know, I mean... Yeah. Especially with that lineup. That lineup is, is totally awesome. So, after the EP, I mean, that seems to be... And my band is the same way these days. Is It seems like the EP has really been the way to go. Yeah, well, when you are uh, a new artist, as I am... Uh, I don't want to waste any chance or I don't want to waste any bullet, you know? And uh, perhaps at this point to release a full album, uh, it's to uh, take away the chance to be discovered uh, with, with every song. So I try to put out singles, you know? Um, I think uh, right now, for me, uh, EP or singles uh, is the way to go. Oh, absolutely, and I think that's the. I think that's where everything is going to now. Unless you're like on an on a label that's telling you that they want a, want an album that they're going to produce it on vinyl and stuff like that for you, 
then I, I don't see really a, a, an honest point to not put out, you know, five, six song EPs, you know, doing it, you know, once a year or something like that, you know, or because you get so many bands out there that will put out an album and it'll be another two to three years before they put out another one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I think at this point for me, uh, singles or an EP is the way to go, you know, uh, perhaps in the future, um, we're, we're going to be releasing an album, but, uh, right now, I think uh, that the singles on the EP is the best way to go. Definitely. I, I think it's it's really, like I said, I think it's the way to go. Everything is a, you know, you can produce them a lot faster, it seems like, you know, where you can do, you know, write five or six songs over the course of a couple of months, get it published, get it put out, and then by the end of the year again, there you are again, uh, ready to write another one and go for, for the next year. Yeah. I think that way, uh, you don't take things for granted. You know, uh, there are so many bands that, uh, put out an album, but that album has, uh, 10 songs and only two songs are actually good. You know, so, yeah, so, so I try to, uh, make every single song, uh, pretty good, you know, so I can put, I can put all my effort on it. I can, uh, promote the right way that song. Um, that way I didn't take things for granted. You know, um, I believe that every single song has to be great. You know, I don't believe um, putting on an album of 10 songs and having just one or two good songs. Definitely. You want to make sure that every the, the complete listening experience is there. Yeah. Yeah. I try to I try to put my, my best effort on every song. So um, you you can uh, you can be sure that every every song that i put out um has a lot of work behind definitely i can totally get behind that and and yeah i mean just there's so many albums and and here's the other thing like with that as well is you could totally put out an album and think of how many bands especially from like the new wave of british heavy metal era uh, era of music Think of how many one-album bands are out there that they put out one album and for whatever reason they just couldn't stay together or they just got so discouraged that they called it a day. And, and you know, a lot of these bands are getting their, getting their great return now, you know, 30 and 40 years later kind of thing. But, yeah, it's like maybe if they would have put out you know, if if the EP was the thing to do back in that day, maybe it would have been easier for them to continue to make, you know, a following. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, there are a lot of bands uh, who have a lot of albums out, you know, but uh, there, there are some albums that they don't even play live because uh, they're not good enough. So I try to put my best in every song 
and I and I try to 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 make every song really great. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that about they have a ton of al- bands that have a ton of albums, but but they don't play anything from those albums. And uh, mm-hmm. a listener of the show, and he has his uh, his TikTok page, uh, Kevy Metal. I will link him below as well. He made this interesting point on one of his TikTok videos about the Merciful Fate show that I was at as well about how both Merciful Fate and Creator both skipped all of their 90s releases. They didn't play any songs off of any album that they had released in the 90s. That's great. Yeah, and like, you know, they each had five albums that came out in the 90s. (laughs) So the... So you're yeah. you're talking yeah, you, fifty songs per band, you would assume. You know, ten just on the average, ten songs per album, five albums, fifty songs each that they just didn't do any one of. Yeah, yeah, you know. So th- I think that right now, uh, singles and EP are the best way to go. You know, there are a lot of bands who who have a ton of music. Out, but they always play the same twenty songs every single night. Right. So, uh, think I think every every song has to be great. You know, uh, I think it's uh, useless to to have uh, perhaps a, a hundred songs out if you every night play the same twenty. Right. Oh, I I can get behind that, uh, but. You know, so March, the new EP, we're definitely looking forward to it. And as I said a minute ago, if you're in the L.A. area, go to this festival next Friday on the 18th. It's going to kick ass. And you're going to see some awesome bands, including who we're talking to now, Armageddon. And I'm going to go ahead and shift some gears here. And we're going to go ahead and ask you some general profile questions about you as a person. Absolutely. When you wake up in the morning, what is your number one priority? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, well, I wake up in the morning really late. You know, I'm not an early bird. <laughs> uh, but uh, my number one priority is definitely music. Uh, when I wake up with a, with a song in my head, I can't rest until I have this recorded. Definitely. I definitely understand that and can get behind that. It's really something special when, you know, if you're used to getting up at 10 or 11 in the morning and a song wakes you up at like seven. Yeah. Yeah. I, I cannot rest until I uh, start working on that song. So uh, my number one priority is definitely music. Oh, absolutely. I totally get behind that. Would you rather have a cool boss and learn nothing from them or a strict boss and learn something? Oh, definitely learning something. Uh, I consider myself a person who always wants to learn more. The more I learn, the better. Definitely. I, I could totally get behind that. That's, um, I think, you know, 
I think people like like supervisors and you know they're they're kind of like a necessary evil to a degree because if you left people to their own own device stuff probably wouldn't get done and I think that's what some some bosses are out there to actually do is to is to guide that guide that along <laughs> yeah and you start uh taking things for granted so uh yeah definitely i'm always willing to learn new things and i'm always uh willing to meet new people who can uh, teach me things so uh yeah i really consider myself uh, a person who's always uh, willing to learn more more the better Definitely. If you were the captain of a ship, what would you call it? Uh, good question. Uh, uh, perhaps the uh, U.S. Armageddon <laughs> or the Divine Beast. Yeah, the, the Divine Beast is actually a good name. <laughs> what is it? The Divine Beast. The Divine Beast? Yeah, the Divine Beast. Oh, wow. Yeah. That that's a definitely a good one. Yeah. Riding that into the into the sunset on the sea or air, never know. Yeah. <laughs> Do you secretly envy anybody? No, I I don't like to envy anybody. I I admire a lot of people, but uh, honestly, I don't envy anybody. Okay. Yeah, because. Uh, perhaps you can uh, envy somebody, but you, you don't know what uh, what there is behind that person, you know. So I try to be grateful for uh, what I have every day. And uh, right now, I don't want to be anybody but me. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those deals where, you know, in the music industry in particular... Um, you know, I, the the movie Rockstar kind of screams out about the envy thing uh, is where it's like the brother tells Mark Wahlberg's character, he's like, you know, you're not you. You dream about being somebody else, wearing somebody else's clothes, singing somebody else's songs, you know. And, yeah, he was he, he wanted to be that dude. And I don't know if, if it's envy, he was envious of him or what, but, like, you know, you sh- should totally yeah. do it for being you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think in the music industry, uh, there are always a lot of egos. And uh, one guy always wants to be more than the other guy. Mm-hmm. There's but, a lot of unnecessary competition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fortunately, uh, I've, I've met a lot of people who's always willing to support each other. So, uh, yeah, I I prefer to uh, help other people to grow than uh, envy other people. 100%. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, there should be... Yeah. there. You should, you know, support your, your uh, brothers and sisters in the scene. And, and it's not, you know, you should be happy for the people that get their, get these independent deals and such, even if you don't have one. Yeah, I, I always try to help as much as I can, because uh, certainly I'm not other artists, and other artists are not our medallion. So 
I'm really happy would uh, would they get some deal or when they get some gig, you know? I'm always trying to help. Oh, for sure. And, you know, I've I've found it to be a thing where it's like, you know, my friends get these shows and I'm just like, dude, how did you get on that? And they tell me, it's like, well, I just did this. So, you know, it's like, okay, well, if if they just did that, I could just do that, you know, and it's, and it's a learning experience because, you know, when you get the tools to do something, you know, it's like the, the, the saying, teach a man to fish or, you know, give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day, teach a man to fish, he will eat for a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, this, uh, this industry is kind of tough, but, um, I'm always willing to help. And uh, I've met a lot of people who's always willing to help each other. Definitely. Hell yeah. Which actor would you want to play you in a movie? Oh, Johnny Depp, please. Johnny (laughs) Depp. Nice. Uh, (laughs) You know, I admitted, and my my close friends know this about me, that I am not a big Johnny Depp fan personally. uh, uh-huh. it, it's just uh, n- nothing against him. There are some films of his that I like, but overall, I'm just kind of like, meh, meh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, but why I, Johnny Depp, though? You know, uh, John Depp uh, has worked on a lot of movies that I love. You know, in Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, The Corpse Bride, Lady Hollow, um, like I said before, I'm a huge uh, horror fan, so I I really dig uh, what it, what he does, and he's also a rock star. So I would say Johnny Depp for sure. Okay, yeah, definitely. And you know, he also was in Into the Great Wide Open, which was pretty much a a, a three minute movie of the Tom Petty song. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I really dig, uh, I really dig uh, what he, what he does. I really admire Johnny Depp, and also uh, Hollywood vampires. I really dig them. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so I have one more question, but before we get into it, as always, links are listed below. So please give a like, a share, and a follow. Please support in any way you can. Go to the Bandcamp page, buy uh, the singles. You know. Uh, one thing I did want to ask you before we go is, with the EP, are you actually planning a physical release, or are you strictly staying to digital? No, I'm planning a physical release. You know, yes. uh, right now, nowadays, a lot of people uh, get their music from uh, digital platforms, which is good, you know, but I think that uh, a physical album very important because uh, it's a complement of uh, of what the album is about. You know, I think uh, you can understand better an album when you see the artwork. I agree. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think streaming platforms are okay, but uh, honestly. Um, for me, there's no better sensation that uh, putting on the record, uh, see the artwork while you're listening to the tracks. Um, 
I I love the physical album. So for sure, there's there's gonna be uh, a physical album, vinyl, and a CD. Hell yeah! Uh, I'm I'm glad to hear that because I love. I love the collection process of music. I love being able to go through my my catalog and just sit there and pull something off the shelf and just say, I want to listen to this right now. Yeah. You know, for me, the artwork of an album, it's very important. You know, uh, one of the albums that I, that I like the most, uh, in first place... They uh, they caught my attention because of the recover, you know, al- great albums like Kiss Destroyer, uh, Kiss Creatures of the Night, and uh, so many other albums. Uh, I think that the artwork is very important. You need the artwork to really understand what the album is all about. I agree a hundred percent. I yeah, I definitely agree with that and I've always you know even in my you know, music career I've always tried to come up with a, a good artwork concept that I can give to the artist and say hey this is what I'm thinking what can we do how can we get this get this done yeah yeah for sure because uh, stream platforms are good you know uh, I have absolutely nothing against them but I think the best way to uh, listen to music is uh, the physical, the, the, the physical, uh, uh, the physical way. You know, vinyl, uh, cassette, and CD. For me, is the best way to to get your music. Definitely, hell, hell yeah! Um, before I ask the last question, do you have any shout outs you want to give to anybody today? Oh, of course, uh, I like to uh, please. Shout out to every single band in Metal Incorporated. There are great bands. There are uh, like 100 bands from around the world, uh, especially the Occident Resurrection, Spectral Resonance, and of course, my good friends of Jesse Kill from San Antonio, Texas. There are great musicians. Hell yeah. Absolutely. And like I said a minute ago, links are always listed below. So please give a like, share, and a follow and support in any and every way you can. No, sorry. I just wanted to say that uh, please support local bands. You know, every major band, every legendary band uh, started being a local band. So support each other uh, every way you can. Absolutely. I couldn't have said that better myself, and I agree 100% with it. So, final question of the yeah. day is, what was something you always asked for as a child, but you were always told no? Uh, <laughs> good question. Uh, definitely. Um, when I was a little kid, I always asked for the Mike Farland toys, kiss Psycho Circus figures. Oh wow! And you ne- and and you were always told no. Yeah, I I was always told no because they're uh, they were kind of scary for a child. Yes. <laughs> but I loved them. Yeah, so I got them as an adult. You know. And that was actually gonna. Did you did you finally end up getting getting them? And and so you do have them now. Yeah, yeah, I have them now. Uh, 
But uh, yeah, when I was a child, I always asked ask for my uh, kid psycho circle figures. I always uh, I always told no, but uh, now I have them. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Yeah, perhaps they're kind of scary for a little for a little kid, but uh, what the heck, I love them. Right, right. So, do you actually have them out of the cases and on on display, or are they actually in the still in the the original packaging? Oh no, yeah, I have them in, inside the box. Definitely, you know that seems to be a thing. You, you've got two two like really hard division lines out there. You've got the collectors that keep everything in a box, and then you've got the collectors that take everything out of the box. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I'm a really, uh, I'm a really a huge collector. You know, and uh, I I try to collect uh, everything that I love. You know, I collect his, I collect uh, NECA figures, uh, horror movie, uh, horror movie figures. I love Pinkhead. I love Freddy Krueger. Um, I love a Chucky. So <laughs> I, I really like to collect all that shit. Definitely, hell yeah, dude. Armageddon, yeah. thank you so much for coming onto the Metal Forge this week. This has been awesome. And I am definitely looking forward to the EP that's coming out, hopefully, in you said, around in March. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, I was really looking forward to this. Uh, we've been talking about this, like, for a year. But um, I'm very happy and I'm really thankful. And I'm looking forward to the next one. Hell yeah, definitely. So on the way out today, uh, I'm going to play... I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and call this one, and I'm gonna play you know which is my favorite song of of the two that you've got on your Bandcamp is, and we're gonna end it with "Lie to Me." Thank you so much for having me, and enjoy "Lie to Me." Thank you. So from Armageddon, this is "Lie to Me."
Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground. From the graves of all those unholy. And they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine! An independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats. They're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio, something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at... 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. Business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. Hey everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.com. BigCartel.com Hey guys, Wrestling Steve of the Wrestling Steve Show here. Uh, So if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You'll also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. My show is called The Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is The Wrestling Steve Show. 
and I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro Wrestling. It's going to get weird as the name of the podcast. We're on season two. So you have a whole season to get weird with Frank Green and Scott Clark. The best part is there's always laughter. We have national touring comedians, NFL stars, rock stars, your local friends. It always gets weird. Weird answers. Have you ever snorted coke off of a 78 Pinto? No? You ain't no Man. Weird questions. Who had a bigger cocaine habit, Jock Sutherland or Kaywood Ledford? Neither one, because they stopped beating their wives. <laughs> and weird, we never even thought of. Well, no, my friend is on acid, and I sent my friend to go find a payphone so that I can call and turn myself in for murdering this guy and ruin my life. We love all types of people, but we don't love all people. <laughs> weird. It's gonna get weird. Is the name of the podcast available everywhere? And thank you to Big X Sports Radio for being a proud sponsor of It's Gonna Get Weird. Frank Green, Scott Clark. Yeah. Hey, thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of The Metal Forge. I want to take a minute to remind you guys about the Patreon page. Over on the Patreon page, we have the tiers set up to support the production of the show. We feature the Down and Dirty, which is just a buck. There's nothing special for that one. It just sends me a thank you because every dollar helps. Then there's the Double Down and Dirty. Much akin to the Down and Dirty tier, everything helps produce the show in the end. You make your presence known, and I appreciate that more than you realize. Thank you for being a dedicated friend and supporter to the Metal Forge. By selecting that tier, you will receive some cool Metal Forge stickers in your mailbox. Now... We're really going to start pounding the metal madness with the Apprentice Metalhead for just $5 a month. By becoming an Apprentice Metalhead, you'll be given early access to the shows, published 24 hours before everyone else gets it. You're also going to receive three entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You're also going to receive a 10% discount on all Metal Forge merch, and you're going to receive a sweet Metal Forge patch for your battle jacket or backpack. And now, here is the big one. This is the Master Metalhead for just $10 a month. By becoming a Master Metalhead, you will receive a hand-numbered Metal Forge Master Metalhead membership card. You're going to be given early access to the shows as well, with 36 hours before everyone else. You're going to receive five entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You'll be able to submit audio questions that I will use on the show of you asking questions to the upcoming guests. Remember, timing is everything, and you will need to keep up with the upcoming guest list on the website. You're also going to receive advanced knowledge of any new merch coming out and be given a 25% discount on all Metal Forge merch. And you're also going to get all of the other rewards from the other tiers. So visit patreon.com slash Metal Forge Radio today and help support the Metal Forge. Rock 